I started a lesson last week on uh, what kind of church would my church be if every member was just like me. The, the main thrust of that is for you, everyone individually, to ask yourself like, ask yourself that question. So, Gracie, were you on time this morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to recap it a little bit here. <laughs> That's why I said that. My neighbor was in the parking lot. Excuse me. Don't get you everywhere. That's okay. <laughs> okay, so I want you to repeat that to yourself so that when I do ask you the questions, uh, I got two new ones for this week, but I want to recap because some people here that weren't here last week. So I want to <laughs> recap the ones I did ask you last week, okay? So repeat that after me. What kind of church? What kind of church? church? Would my church be? Would my church, church be? If every member, if every every member, member was just like me. Just, just like me. me. Okay. In 1 Corinthians, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read the whole scripture because I have too many scriptures. I've got to enlarge this, so I'm going to be splitting here. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14, and 27 to 28, the Bible declares that we are one body made up of many members. And I did tell you last week, that that's not just the members here that make up this particular body, but the body of Christ is made up of members from the beginning of time, all down through the centuries and for the times to come, if the Lord tarries, okay? Now, every single member of that body, God has graced you and given you gifts, okay? Those gifts are not for you to sit on, not for you to put in a suitcase and carry around once in a while. They have been given to you, whatever it may be, to help enhance the body of Christ, okay? And to further the work of the kingdom here on earth while we're still here. He didn't give them to you just for the fun of it. And the scriptures say that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. So when we stand before him, if you don't use your gifts here, it's not going to send you to hell, most likely, <laughs> unless you keep going back, 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 way back, but from the Lord. But it will affect your rewards when you get there, when you get there to the Lord, because God said they're without repentance. That means if you never use them for his glory, he's not going to take it away from you. You'll go to your grave or go to heaven with that gift, but it has been non-profitable. So we don't want to be like the unprofitable uh, servant, do we, in the Bible? No. He didn't have a good outcome. So we don't want to be like that, be an unprofitable servant. Okay, so... And, uh, and I was reading some statistics, and it kind of goes along with the last question, but um, I'm not going to hop there yet. But I will say this. A lot of times, everything is pastors, etc., 
expected to do it. He's expected to do the visitation. He's expected to call those who are sick. He's expected to uh, just do everything. No, that is that would be a freak. That makes the would make the body a freak. Uh, if just one part of your body worked, wouldn't you be kind of impaired today? What if just your right arm worked and your left didn't, your feet didn't work, your legs didn't work, your ears didn't work, your eyes didn't work? You'd be a little bit hindered in life, wouldn't you? And it's the same way with the body of Christ and the work of the kingdom. If every part don't come together and do their part, it hinders the work. And it prolongs it from God accomplishing what he wants to accomplish in the, in the midst of us. So, uh, I'm going to have you even put the lyrics up to that uh, song. Now, I played this last week for you. It's an oldie but a goodie, but read the words because that's the whole point of it. And let them words get into your spirit. And you might even find yourself in some of these lyrics. Go ahead, honey.
luxuries did you let go of just so that you could give an extra offering to the kingdom? That probably hits all of us <laughs> at some time or another, in some way or another. Amen? Okay, so the first question I asked you last week, and which you were to ask yourself, is what kind of example or influence are you being? Whether you realize it or not, every person here, you are influencing someone by how you talk, how you walk every day of your life, and just how you are living, period. You are influencing somebody around you. And we meet a lot of people. Now, Paul, I gave you this scripture last week in 2 Timothy 4, 2. He said, preach your word, be ready when the time is right, and even when it's not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether welcomed or unwelcomed, correct those who err in doctrine or behavior, warn those who sin, exhort and encourage those who are growing toward spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. So I ask you this question this week. Would you really want, are you comfortable enough with your life, the way you live, you walk, you talk? Are you showing enough of a Christ-like example in your everyday life that you would want somebody to follow you? Years ago, we did, with our uh, Sunday school class, we did a, um, a thing about... Um, if you were arrested for being called a Christian, would there be enough evidence in your life to find you guilty of being a Christian? Or would you be, would the case be thrown out of court because you didn't project enough Christ-like attitudes, actions, and behaviors to the world out there? Now, if we'll all just take these questions, I know, I told you last week, the word is like a hammer sometimes. It hammers us a little bit, but it should. This is our proving ground. This is our uh, dress rehearsal, so to speak. This is where we're getting ourselves ready to meet our father. Most of songs that chose them because it was all about God. How good God has been to us, to the world, and what are we giving him back in return? That's what these questions are supposed to do, to provoke us to examine ourselves. Okay? The second question was, crazy. If they remember were just like me, what time would they arrive to the services? Now this may seem to most people like a trivial thing. What does it matter as long as I get there? It matters. Why? Because people are watching you. 
And you're no more eager to get into God's house than that. Now, I'm not saying circumstances don't come up. Uh, I used one last week of maybe the baby pooped its diaper. Well, just when you were ready to go out the door. So you had to change that and that way laid you or whatever, whatever. But every Sunday, that shouldn't be. That's just a bad habit people get into. And habits can be broken. You replace them with good habits. They say it takes 21 days to break a habit. I don't know. I never tried that. But let's try it sometime. If you've got a habit you want to break, give it it. Stop it and give it at least 21 days and see how you're doing. That'd be a little homework for somebody. Psalms. I swear I should have made this gigantic. 122 and 3 said, or I'm sorry, 122 and 1 said, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. A lot of times if we're not careful, we will allow the enemy to overshadow that with, oh, it's just another service. I'll be there next week. Uh, well, we're just going to hear the same old thing. I've heard that before. Uh, I don't know. It gives you all kind of, I'm tired. I worked hard. Uh, I had a busy week. I was in too much pain. Uh, whatever. If we're not careful, the devil will come up with all kinds of excuses and steal your joy of going to God's house. You should be happy. And David, and now there he was, chosen to be king as a young lad. What, 14, 15, something like that, when Samuel anointed him to be king. Just a young lad. And it took, uh, I don't know, like 15 years before he actually got to sit on the throne. But you know what he said and said? He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. That's where his heart was. I love to come up here to church and just mess around, mess my day around. Pastor has to rub me off, or Jody does. Come on, come on, I gotta go, come on. I just love being in this atmosphere, in the house of the Lord. Psalm 63 and 1 says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I dare say today I believe that a lot of God's people, especially those of us who have been born again and saved 20, 30 years like that one song said, I believe we kind of have backed off from our love. When you first got saved, you were eager. Oh, you were all excited. But it's like getting a new car. You just love that thing. You keep no french fries in here. Don't eat in here. No drinks in here. Whatever. You keep it spotless, nice, whatever. But as the weeks go on, what happens? We tend to get a little bit used to it, so we tended to allow things to dirty it up, to get it a little messy, whatever. And I believe that happens with our experience and our salvation and, and our joy of serving the Lord. We allow the enemy 
to back us off from that, and it becomes humdrum and like a chore, like you're and and I dare say today a lot of people feel, oh well, I did good this week. Check that one off. I showed up. I checked in. I checked out. So I really did something for God. That's a poor attitude to have when, when we realize, even through some of the songs that we sing and do, what God's done for us. And we think we've already done from something for Him just to show up on a Sunday morning. But where's your heart really at in it? Huh?
an actual angel walked in that prison and opened the doors wide that they could leave. They didn't. They did what they felt like they should not leave because it would cause the, the head jailer to be killed because he didn't watch them. And they just walked out. So they stayed. Even though the door was open to go, they stayed and ended up winning that jailer and his entire family to the Lord through their witness. But what caused the door to open was them praising God in the midst of their trouble. I looked up a scripture that I read years ago. You know, rain in the Bible always symbolizes blessings. That's what rain symbolizes in the Bible. So in Zechariah, I read this, 14 and 7, it says, And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. Do you need a healing you haven't got? That's a blessing from God. A healing is a blessing from God. You need some finances that you might need. You need a blessing in finances. You need a blessing in, in, in various areas of your life. Maybe if there's, it's not getting no rain. You know, when you plant a garden and you plant seeds, you, if it doesn't rain, you gotta keep it water. Or you're not getting nothing but weeds. I think it's trouble with a lot of Christians today. They have weeds on their seeds. They do. They have weeds on their seeds. They've sowed a lot of seeds, but then they haven't watered and watched over them seeds. You know, when you plant seeds, whether it's uh, money seeds, seeds of kindness, seeds of love, seeds of whatever, friendship, whatever, those seeds have to be watered. It's like a marriage. You can't uh, get married and say the words, the seeds, I do, and then don't. Guess what? Your marriage isn't going to go too far too fast. It's not going to be too happy, right? It's true. So our seeds have to be watered. And we water our spiritual seeds through our praising God regardless of what happens, what's going on. Or whether we feel like he's not being fair to us. God never said he was fair. Did he? I don't read no scripture that says, Thus saith the Lord God, the Lord of hosts, I am a fair God. He did not say that. He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. He's a saving God. But he never said he was fair. In the way that we look at fair. So, you know, that's, why? Because we would not trust them. We would just, and a lot of times I think that happens, we just expect. Yeah, we are supposed to expect to receive a blessing. Don't be afraid to be rewarded. If you've sowed seeds, look for a reward. You're entitled to it. When you work all week long, don't you look for a paycheck at the end of the week? Well, if you don't, you're dumb. I look for I would look for a paycheck. I would be like, okay, I'd be in that office if I didn't get one. If I worked there, and same way when we do things for the Lord, 
It's nothing wrong with expecting him to reward you for that because he said he would. But he does it in his way, in his time. And that might not be the way we wanted it or, or expected it or however, or when we wanted it or expected it. Just know that he will do it. That's what trust is all about. Amen? Amen anyway.